my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Celine Manami. How are you, Celine? I'm doing good. Good. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's so great to see you. I was just telling Celine, congratulations. She recently got married, has all kinds of uh, fun things going on in her life. She is a 2016 graduate of our program, and she is currently the product or a product marketing manager for a little company that you may have heard of called TikTok. Yep. <laughs> yep. Very exciting. And so, um, you know, Celine, when I was preparing for the podcast, I started thinking like, you know, Celine probably has that experience like a doctor. You know, when someone's a doctor, uh, uh, the people will walk up to them and like pull up their shirt and go, hey, doc, what is this boil on my, uh, you know, on my side <laughs> or whatever? I imagine with you, it's like, Hey, I've got an idea for a viral video. What do you think about this? You know, yeah, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> do you get that all the time? Yeah. So I yeah. was like, okay, I've got to stop myself. I'm not going to do that to Celine. We're gonna we're gonna keep it professional here. Uh, but uh, no, we're I'm, I'm super excited to hear about everything that you're doing right now with TikTok. But uh, but let's go back a little bit and walk um walk our listeners through uh, a little getting to know you a little bit more. Where are you from uh, originally, Celine? Originally from Orange County um, in a town called Ladera Ranch. It's right next to like Mission Viejo. If you're familiar, you look, you know what that is. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're the first person I have ever heard of who knows Ladera Ranch. I was just there. I was just there last week. I stayed with, I stayed with friends of mine. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 I grew up there. That's that so is awesome. I can't believe that. Yeah. And, and they always joke about it. They're like, yeah, no one ever knows Ladera Ranch. No it's one like, ever. Everyone knows. knows Mission Viejo and then um, San Juan. Yeah. yeah right. The San Juan Capistrano. They tell me that they'll tell people that. Um, or they'll just say Orange County or whatever, right? Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's wild. That is so wild. But you know how that always happens, like, right? Whenever you, I finally got down there to visit my friends. And 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 then, of course, now I meet someone from there. I yeah. love it. That is awesome. Yep. No I one realize I know someone from there, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What was it like? Because uh, Ladera Ranch was like a I imagine when you were growing up there, it was kind, was it just like starting to develop a little more? Yeah. Less? Yeah. So we moved in there like 2004 and there was nothing. So it was <laughs> brand new development. There's not much around it. Um, now going back, it's wild to see how much has changed because now there's other neighborhoods neighboring it and it's grown quite a bit. But yeah, yeah growing up, it was very quiet, um, kind of tucked away and yeah. Everyone knows Mission Viejo is like most of the things um, are like stores and places to go. We're all in Mission Viejo. So, of course, yeah. of course. That's <laughs> awesome. What'd your parents do when you growing up? Um, both my parents were in tech sales for a while. Yep. Okay. And then my mom moved out of tech sales eventually and she went into more of like um, older care facilities, like matching caretakers with older you know, families. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mixed things. Yeah. Of course. Well, that's a huge market. Um, for sure with with um with the um the baby boomer population obviously getting getting to their senior years so um yeah awesome what about siblings any siblings growing up i do i have one younger sister um her name is sarah and she 
I think I might've influenced her career a little bit, but she now works at Disney doing um, advertising as well. Or like, yeah, ad awesome. yeah. So we're both in the same industry, which is kind of fun. We get to, you know, talk shop here and there, but. That is um, fun. Yeah. That is fun. Shout out to Sarah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, what was young Celine like growing up? What was, what was your jam? Were you into drama, arts, sports? What? Yeah. Um, mix of things. Growing yeah. up, I was always swimming. I was a club swimmer for most of my childhood and then swam mm-hmm. all throughout high school. Um, outside of that, into music, I played piano and violin for a little bit. Mm. It's always very creative. So I always like to do like artsy projects here and there. Um, huh? But yeah, so a mix, mix of things. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, when you look back, like, do you remember... Um, I ask this occasionally of guests and I'm sorry, I'm springing it on you, but um, yeah. do, you, do you have a, a memory of like a Halloween costume or something like that uh, where you, uh, where you wanted to be, you, you knew what you wanted to be when you grew up, like a, a scientist or a, an astronaut or whatever, you know, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing Halloween related or like costume related, but my, right. my dream jobs, I had a few depending uh-huh. on what year you asked me, but of course. Um, I think one, I really wanted to be a magazine editor for a very long time. Oh. Yeah. Was into the whole graphic design. I worked, I was in yearbook and middle school and, and high school. So that was always kind of a dream of mine. Yeah. And then also as a child, I watched a lot of HGTV and I was like, I want to be an interior designer. That was my other, my other dream job. I so, love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do have pop culture influences uh, for that, for sure, with HGTV now. Yep. Right? I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me um, t- or tell us a little bit, Celine, about um, how you heard of the Northern Cal Poly. I mean, you're yeah. right there about you're right there by the uh, by the Southern Cal Poly. So uh, how did how did you hear about uh, Cal Poly Slow? Yeah. Um, so during high school, I actually did an internship at the Alzheimer's Association. And my manager at the time had just recently graduated from Cal Poly and she was doing all of their like event coordination, fundraising. Um, so she at the time, like I didn't even consider Cal Poly originally as one of my top schools. It wasn't even on my list of places to go visit at first. Uh Uh Um, but after I was working with her, she was singing its praises and was telling us all of her experiences and how great it was. She didn't major in event planning or RBTA. Right. She did. She was working in events. So she kind of was like, oh, I kind of wish I majored in this. It was a really cool major. She had friends in she it. She did. She knew about it. Yep. Okay. So she introduced me not only to Cal Poly, but also to the RPTA programming and like the whole um, education experience of that. So after we visited, I knew like the second I stepped on the campus that I, I wanted to go there. So oh, it really? became yeah, my... I- my number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we hear that a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty, it's a pretty amazing spot for sure, obviously. And, and you got to know that, uh, you got to know that all too well during your time. Yeah. Are they, now, now once you're here at Cal Poly, um, when you think back on your time, any, any really memorable moments that like, you, you know, you'll never forget, uh, oh my gosh. stand out. That's so hard. I feel like there's so many. Yeah. Um, now that I've graduated too, and the more I talk to people who went to different schools, I've realized that the Cal Poly experience is so unique. Like I, I wouldn't have traded my my college experience for any other school. Now that I've, you know, talked to people and seen other or heard about other college experiences, and yeah, it's hard to pick one singular moment. There's yes. so there's so many. Um, I know, I know. But yeah, I graduating college was hard too because I missed it so much. I wanted to go back. <laughs> we all, yeah, we all experienced that for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So what about professional development? Now, um, mm-hmm. obviously, mo- most of my most of my podcast guests were were not slackers in school. They were uh, they were uh, involved and and um, yeah. and and I and I you know I when I say that I hope nobody takes offense. I, I grew up uh, uh, my generation Generation X. We were we were called the slackers. So I use slackers <laughs> really in uh, in uh, paying uh, um, homage to myself yeah. as a as a um, self-proclaimed uh, slacker but uh, <laughs> but are, are there any moments that um when you look back not moments but experiences that you look back on and you go oh wow that really helped me to become the professional that I am today yeah um quite a few I think yeah, I, bet. I was lucky enough to do um a handful of different internships throughout my time at Cal Poly um mm-hmm. one I don't know if slow or if Cal Poly is still doing this program it was called Innovation Quest through slow hot house. Okay. Yeah. So I, I interned with them, I believe my junior year. So before it was required, I just kind of did it on the side to get involved. Um, and that was my first like hands-on event planning, marketing sort of experience. And that one definitely, I think sort of allowed me to dip my toes in water and figure out if that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was, it was challenging, but in like in a really good way um, and a really exciting way that I, I hadn't had the hands-on experience to do uh, at that point. So that one for me was very eye-opening and it made me realize like, okay, I do actually really enjoy, you know, doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Well, let me, let me put a plug in there for, for CIE. So yeah. for those who are unfamiliar, um, the Center for, for in, uh, Innovation and Entrepreneurship at Cal Poly is, has been an amazing center for a number of years. Um, there, they have a they have an office um, above what used to be Ross for those who are um, for older school folks um, in San Luis Obispo. It's not Ross now. I'm not sure what it is, but um, they have a really big, nice office there. And then, um, and then they've expanded, and they have like condos downtown now where yeah. kids who are working in the entrepreneurship program can can apply and and um and become um get to get into the condo and there's all these like amazing opportunities like innovation quests like Celine said and I want to put in a plug as well and Celine maybe you can um reflect a little bit on this you know mm-hmm. we have students who come to us sometimes they're like well can I count this as my official internship and it's like well look I understand you wanting to count something but there's you know, you can do internships throughout your career in Cal Poly that don't have to count for anything. Yeah. They can count for helping you to build you your professional development, to build you your experience, which is a huge thing. I mean, we've had students that have completed their official internship and then gone off and done like two or three other internships afterwards, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, I wonder. I wonder if you can reflect on that a little bit, and and so it was like a stepping stone for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was primarily focused around event planning and marketing. Mm-hmm. I will say, not to deviate, but at the time, it was all focused around entrepreneurship and innovation. Mm-hmm. And so I got to witness a lot of the you know testimonials and and people who were going through the program. Yeah. And I wasn't directly participating, but I do think that it had an impact on me, like as an adult, like. Yeah. hearing all of those stories. Yeah. Um, so this isn't on my resume, but I do actually have my own e-commerce business as well. And I think that, mm-hmm. I, yeah, and at the time I remember my interview for that internship, they asked me if I was entrepreneurial at all. And at the time I was like, not yet, like maybe down the line, but now that I've, you know, was exposed to that program, 
Um, so I do have side hustles. And I think that was kind of the basis of hearing all these stories and going through that program. So I, I definitely think, it. you know, you should do internships for the experience, but then you never know how it might affect you later on. Right, for sure. Yeah. Well, since it directly relates, right, to your professional <laughs> development here at Cal Poly, tell us about your side hustle, if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, Are you okay? Are you okay with sharing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started it during COVID when I was trapped at home, but um, I just sell or I source home decor items and I sell them online through like Amazon and Etsy. Eventually want to expand through Shopify, but yeah, it's just kind of a side passion project that I do. Right on. I love it. That is so awesome. And, um, (laughs) and I I love you. I love you reflecting on when they ask, are are you entrepreneurial? It's like, well, I, I, I would, I would like, I, lo- I love that hesitancy, right? Because it's yeah. like, well, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> yeah. And you don't know in college all the time of like right. where you're going right. to be. So. Yeah. 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 And it's so <laughs> important to like build your, build your knowledge and expertise and experience. And, and yeah, you might find that. Yes, absolutely. That's my passion. That's my fire. And so I love that. Um, tell us next about your official internship, Celine. So you just told us a little bit about an unofficial one. That really helped you. What about, what about your official one? So my official internship didn't fully go as planned. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) But originally I was doing it at a startup in slow called SMS masterminds. Don't think they're around anymore, Um, but I was doing like sales and business operations for them. And then halfway through my internship as startups do. Sometimes they were struggling and they did rounds of layoffs and I was included in that. Um, So of course, at the time I was very nervous. I'm like, this is my, I'm not going to graduate. This is my college or my senior internship. Like, what am I going to do? But I was also at the time I worked two jobs. I was also working at the Cliffs Resort as front desk. Uh, So I was able to kind of pivot, work with the Cliffs. And then I ended up doing the rest of my internship at the front desk and then also helping with their wedding events and the wedding coordinator there. Right. And that's a, it's an important thing to, I think, uh, to include here is that we are lucky enough to have an internship coordinator in um, Dr. Rue. I don't know if you know, she goes by Dr. Rue now, uh, uh, Jerusha Greenwood. She got tired of people calling her the other Greenwood, Celine. (laughs) Um, and and got tired of people calling me the other Greenwood also. And so whenever, who, depending on who they were talking to, I should probably, I should reframe that. She got tired of people calling me the other Greenwood. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> differentiate. <laughs> or, or, yeah. Or, 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 um, she, G and he, G. Yeah. She didn't like that. Either. <laughs> so she went, went with Dr. Rue, but we are lucky enough to have an internship coordinator that, um, that knows what she's doing has been doing it for a long time. And so if something, we, we have a great deal of experience where if something happens on your internship, um, that we're able to, to help you out and pivot and, um, yep. and, um, don't, you know, don't stress too much. We'll, we'll figure it out and work with you on that. And, you know, the reality is that when you're working in that tech industry, the, the tech world with, with startups and whatnot, they don't always, uh, they don't always work out. Um, yep. now, so that's, let's talk, go ahead, go ahead. It was a very real world experience. Yes, at time. Right. Now that I'm looking back, I'm like very much a startup. So uh-huh right experience it <laughs> well you you went from a startup to uh a little bit more of established company in oracle uh yep. so uh so tell us what it was like um you know uh when you when you told me that your parents were in tech sales i'm like oh okay so yep. 
I see, I see following in some footsteps there uh, initially with, uh, with Oracle. Is, was that, was that kind of what that was? I see you nodding your head. Yes, absolutely. It was definitely a little influenced <laughs> by my parents and, and their lifestyle. And when I got the offer for Oracle, they were like, oh my gosh, Oracle's, you know, well-known in the industry, big company, got to do it. So definitely had their, you know, their influence in, in picking that. Right, 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 right. So yeah. tell us, uh, let's just pull out one one small thing. I mean, I, I see um, I, I see that you were you did a really good job uh, as yeah. uh, with Oracle <laughs> in tech sales. And um, so tell us like one thing that you learned. You know, I look back and and I've told people that like directly out of college, some people don't know this, but directly out of college, I started a business that failed. And um and people ask me, like, when you look back at that time, um, that, that had to be like awful. And I'm like, well, you know, it was a negative experience when you look at it from a success failure uh, lens. But when you look at it from what I learned, I feel like I learned a great deal. Um, and uh, obviously, you had a ton of success with Oracle. Um, so I wonder if you could pull out like, um, was there was there one big takeaway that you learned from that period in your life? Yeah, I think looking back and maybe relating it to students now that it's okay to not know exactly where you want to go. And for me, Oracle was, you know, I did very well there and it was very much a stepping stone. And I I learned a lot in terms of how to work in a corporate environment. You know, they have very extensive training, but I quickly realized like that wasn't necessarily the path that I wanted to go down. So I think, you know, when you're a senior in college, you always stress, like, I need to know what I'm going to do next year. And I, I myself put a lot of pressure to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And I ended up just taking a job that was like my first offer and, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely a good company to work for, but I quickly realized it wasn't for me. So I think, you know, it's okay to not know exactly where you want to go and to kind of explore and every job you have is going to be some sort of learning experience, regardless of what industry you move into next. Very, very good advice. That's yeah. awesome. So, so let's talk about those, those, not the, the, the next step, right? So, yeah. so in between, in between Oracle and TikTok was, um, was, uh, what, what I guess was formerly Steelhouse and is now yeah. MNTN. And so you got, um, you know, you, you got into a little bit of a different sphere there. So I wonder if you can tell us how that opportunity came about um, and, um, and what you, what your takeaway was from, from those positions. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my next step. Um, knew I wanted to get out of tech sales, but Steelhouse yeah. was an interesting combination. It's a, what we call like a programmatic ad tech platform. So it was a mix of creative where you can build your your ads in the platform and then it would serve it through you know all your different social channels as advertisements. So for me, it was a mix of media, creative, and still technology. So I didn't feel like I was wasting all my Oracle experience. It was like a good combination of all the things right. um, that I had wanted to experience. So there I jumped into a sales position um, and I was doing well in sales at both Oracle and Steelhouse. But then Kind of got intrigued by um, what we were calling like account managers or customer success managers, where they were the ones doing more of like the strategy work of like uh-huh. actual campaign management, um, you know, working with the customers a little bit more hands-on on how to strategize their campaigns. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's, I was like, okay, I kind of want to get away from selling and be more strategic in terms of like actual campaign management. So I made the jump out of sales and into account management. Um, so I can get a little bit more technical in terms of 
you know, the campaign experience. Right, exactly. And and um and I was remiss in in not um pointing out that, that Celine also um got a minor in graphic communication at yep. Cal Poly. And so um, you know, I think that 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 shows that creative side also, right? Where you talk about for your for your side hustle and, and also yeah. <laughs> now now moving into a more creative space. And now I would imagine that that obviously uh, benefits you in your current position um, with uh, with TikTok. And and yeah. so, like I said, Celine is currently the, uh, a, I said it again, the, <laughs> I imagine you're not the, I imagine there's several, right? You're a product um, marketing manager at uh, TikTok. And so, um, Let's let's get into let's get into what it's like working for a company like TikTok that has uh, risen to uh, yeah. the the top of the tech world, if if you if you will, and um, is something that is uh, that obviously all of our listeners have heard of and know about. Um, so let's let's start with Celine um, that that process, right? So you're working at Steelhouse, you've got a good position. Uh, we're right before this small thing called a global pandemic is about yeah. to hit, <laughs> and um, and you you start in with a new company. Um, yeah. Tell us about tell us about that tra- transition first, because I think I think transitions are really interesting. Tell us about it, particularly right when a global pandemic is hitting. Yeah, yeah, transitions are interesting because it's always. Um, you know, kind of a difficult thing to navigate where you're going to go next. But yeah. at the time, one of my coworkers from Steelhouse. And this was early on, like way before anyone knew what TikTok was. Um, she was like, oh, I'm going to interview at this company. It's called TikTok. And to us at the time, we're like, this is just a Chinese app. Like, where where are you going? Why are you going here? What is this? Right. Um, so she kind of paved the way for me. She went first and ended up being at TikTok for about eight months and then was telling me all the exciting brands they were working with, like how fast they were growing. Um, so then I quickly, you know, started doing research and was like, okay, I think this is actually going to be something that's, you know, pretty impactful long-term. So she helped me get the interview interviewed and then made the jump, um, to TikTok as an account manager. But even then at the time, like we were pretty much, we were not really well known. So even leaving my, my previous company, everyone's kind of like, okay, like what's this app that you're going to like, where, where are you going? (laughs) Um, there's still a lot of unknown surrounding TikTok. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, obviously, I I I jumped the gun there and and said that it was in February of 2020, right, where the global yeah. pandemic was hitting. But you know, it's a little bit different when you're in when you're in tech, and now suddenly the entire world is inside of their house and um yeah. and creating. What else are they going to do but create TikTok videos, right? And so yeah. I imagine that must have been. Um, obviously a really scary time to be alive right <laughs> but 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 also i imagine for you an exciting time to be a part of a tech platform that was exploding so can you can you yeah. kind of walk us through what that was like for like that first year yes it was wild um so i started right before the pandemic so i actually did 2 weeks of training in person they flew me out to new york did a week in new york of training while I was in New York, they're like, oh, and now you have to go to Austin. So then I went to Austin. So I was traveling a lot right before, you know, and at that time, the pandemic was sort of, you know, people had inklings and it was kind of this unknown too. And so yeah. I was kind of like, maybe it's not the best time to be traveling around, you know, all these major cities, but um, we were doing it because we didn't know. And then finally, after my first two weeks in person, we came back to the LA office 
I remember I was supposed to go into the LA office for the first time Monday, Monday morning. And then that Monday they shut everything down. So I didn't get to see my office um, for the first, I think it was like almost two years. I didn't get to see the LA office. So it was crazy because I just met all these people from New York and from, you know, Austin, but I didn't get to meet anyone that I was actually going to be working with directly in two years. So that was interesting of itself. And then trying to ramp up and learn completely new products, skills, you know, TikTok has a lot of different products. So it was very complicated to learn. Um, Learning that all virtually was very interesting. Mm -hmm. I will say in terms of like our growth, I know you touched on that. Um, So at the time we were very small. And then obviously during COVID, everyone was making videos to your point and we kind of took off. Um, We like to call it a rocket ship. It was very much a rocket ship. Yeah, right. Right. Because, you know, when I, when it's, it's really funny for me because uh, Selena, I have to admit that I was one, I was a little bit of a late adopter. Right. Um, (laughs) And, and I only, I only recently downloaded the app maybe like um, three months ago. And so it's funny for me hearing you say, because for me, my um, selective memory would have been like by 2020, if someone had asked me was TikTok on top of the world at that point, I would have been like, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but so it's funny hearing you say, oh no, we were just like, just you know, starting. yeah, yeah. wild. Yeah. So it was exciting from, at that time I was a account manager. So I was working with clients and mm-hmm. every single phone call, I've never been at a company where you get on a phone with a client. Everyone is just so excited to, to get started. And like yeah. the sentiment around the platform was like, what's this new, exciting, you know, how can we be a part of this? Right. Um, so our, workload and our growth was insane, but we were on a hiring freeze because of COVID and we didn't really know the things going on. So yeah, we got um, definitely a lot of work (laughs) at the first year. Um, Yeah. yeah. So it's gotten a lot better now as we've, we've grown like our employees exponentially. It's, it's insane how fast we're hiring new people, but it's just keep up because it's been explosive. Right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit. You, you've, um, you've just in your in your um almost almost three years now that you've yeah. been with TikTok. Um, you've you've gone from enterprise client solutions manager to operations and subject matter expert yeah. to now product marketing manager. So let's let's talk a little bit about um one, what that arc has been like, you know, I think it's important. And one of the things that I'm seeing, Celine, in in doing these podcasts is I'm seeing companies seem to be more attuned to retention and and trying to help their employees like work their way up, right? A little bit more or or work laterally if they're more interested in something um, different. Um, So I wonder if you can touch on that a little bit. Like you you talked about with Steelhouse that you kind of found your way, you found your, 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 um, your path. Um, Was, was that similar with TikTok? Um, Sort of, kind of. I think with TikTok, everything is so new. Um, So with that, there's not a lot of built in sort of direction streamlines of like your promotion path. I think that's like a plus and a negative at the same time in the sense that as an individual, you can kind of form and make whatever happen that you want to happen because you have the opportunity. At the same time, if you're not proactive about it, it's very easy to be, you know, in the same place because we don't have those established work streams yet. So plus and minus. Um, 
But yeah, for me, the the trajectory was as an account manager, I was working on our entertainment brands, which was very cool and exciting. Um, A lot of streaming platforms that I'm sure everyone's familiar with. But in the entertainment industry, all of the brands want to be first to market or they want to do these like very, you know, envelope pushing campaigns. Mm -hmm. So with that, I got to do a lot of, I ended up finding myself working with product a lot of, okay, you know, they want to do something that's never been done before. How can we innovate and make this come to life? Mm. Um, So just by working with those clients, I got very close to product and kind of realized, okay, product seems to be a direction that I might find interest in. Um, And then I got, I work specifically on our branded effects for a while. So like think of like a Snapchat filter, like in AR filter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working on that. And then by doing so, I kind of was able to make the connections internally to progress into a full-time right. product marketing manager. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, it sounds <laughs> so much fun, Celine. I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. So, so let's, um, why don't you, if you will, um, since you just got me excited thinking about that, like what, <laughs> what, uh, how much fun you must have on a daily basis. Why don't we talk about that daily basis? You know, I know it's hard in our industry to, to really boil down what you do day to day, but if you could give us a snapshot of what it's like, it would be awesome. Yes. Um, Trying to think exactly of how yeah, to yeah you're like which day do I play pick out <laughs> and which role I yeah. would say if I were to talk through account management yeah that's for me I think it's a lot of exciting because you're working on um, campaigns and in my brain I think of account management for campaigns kind uh-huh. of like event planning like I uh-huh. very much related that because you have a go live mm-hmm. day where you're working backwards of here's all my deliverables that I need to do by this date everything has to launch. Um, so in my brain, I always thought of like my campaign launch date as an event where I'm planning and I'm working with, you know, multiple partners or vendors, whatever it might be to make sure that, you know, everything is set for this, for this one day, for this event. Right. Um, so that to me, was where I had all my event planning skills come back and I was like, okay, I'm actually doing a lot of project management I love um, it. towards one day. And then now... I would say in product market. So that was an account manager. Now in product marketing, it's a lot of sales enablement. So how can I help the sales team sell through our products? Mm. Which products make sense for which which clients? Um, I do a lot of trainings where I host, you know, the sales teams on how to pitch and use our various products. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's like collateral based too. So my GRC miner comes in handy where I'm. Ah building out PowerPoints or one sheets and designing the whole presentations um, and client collateral. So yeah, it's a lot of different things depending on what products you're working on or what accounts you're working on um, and the initiatives that you're working towards. But I this love it. <laughs> I love it, and um, I, and I appreciate you talking about that transferability of skills at event planning. Oh, yeah. And you know, since since you've left, we've we've renamed the uh, we've renamed the department Experience yeah. Industry Management, and um, and that's um, you know, due in part to the to the realization, right, that um, that our students were were going out and we're doing experience design, and we're getting involved in in so many different areas that weren't necessarily traditionally under the umbrella of recreation parks and tourism. And so we saw this, uh, you know, we saw this amazing opportunity to really uh, be pioneers in the, in the space. And it is honestly, Celine, we, we didn't know where it would end, where it would end up. We could have fallen flat on our face, but uh, we had a pretty amazing leader in Dr. Hendricks and we, uh, we, we, we forged a path and it's worked out 
incredibly well. I wonder if you can reflect on since you've you've talked about that transferability of skills. Um, mm-hmm. Can you can you reflect on whether or not you're seeing that in the marketplace? Whether you're seeing that co-creation of experiences as being a very big part of of what uh, you all do at TikTok? Yeah. Um, in terms of experiences, you just mean like how we show up and create this experience for people? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I realize I'm always like, whenever I try to, whenever I pitch it, I'm like, okay, I've got to remember like whether, uh, w- when a student graduated and like how much of it, right. You know? And so, so we've kind of like reframed event planning and reframed like recreation programming into this yeah. like experience design and this whole element of that, like whatever your experience is with a product or whether, whatever your experience is with a live event or whatever it might be, right? It's all about co-creating experiences with clients, with users, with um, w- with even employees, right? We have a, a number of students who are working in under the uh, employee experience realm, yeah. right? Where they're hired to be the ones that are planning events for the employees, and um, and so you know, I, I I just imagine that the a creative tech space like TikTok, it seems like you all would be like on the forefront of that, right? And always thinking about what the experience is like, whether it's me, you know, laying in bed, flipping through videos, or whether it's enterprise scale, like you, like you've been, um, had some experience with, um, it seems like it all, it all mixes in together. Do you think that's true? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think when I think of experience too, it's like you have the in-person, like face-to-face experiences, but you also have digital experiences and how are you, you know, translating to both. So I do think every, like everything you mentioned, 1000%, we, we do a lot of employee, even like trainings. It's like, how are we going to market this training internally to make sure everyone shows up Uh and how's the programming going to be relevant? So there's, I think there's, there's a lot of skills and, um, that can be transferred in so many different areas, not just yeah. like events or not just recreation. It, it's yeah. very, very transferable. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you even broke it down to that level. Like, because I, because I think about that, you know, the more I learn about experience design, yeah. I'm like, why am I sitting in this same space that we've been in for our meetings for the last 16 years? <laughs> Like we've got to figure out a way to reinvent this meeting experience, you know, and recently I've been reading, I don't know if you've read it on on any of this, but there are people who are starting to like rethink like meetings. Like, I guess there's been this like corporate element where people have started to push back to say, I have meetings all day, every day. When am I ever going to get work done? <laughs> right? Yep. I actually, oh we've got to make it a working meeting or something like stop all the meetings. Right. And so I love yeah. that you even broke it down to that granular level because that is so, it, it is so important. And I just think about Celine, you know, I was talking about me like flipping through TikTok, you know, in bed. And <laughs> I, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine and I was telling him, I'm like, I, I just don't get TikTok. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, what do you mean? And I explained to him about how, like, when I open it, there's just always these videos that I don't care anything about. And he was like, and that are, if I'm being quite honest, really just dumb, you know? Yeah. And yeah. he goes, and he's like, oh, dude, no, you're not using it right. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you got to 
you've got to reconfigure your, your algorithm. And yeah. I was like, what? Explain that to me. And he like went through and he was like, you're interested in this, 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 and this. And, you know, like golf, 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 and golf. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and no. he was like, and he was like, so you got to do, you got to set up. And, and I did, and I'm like, I open it now. And I'm like, my experience is so oh, yeah. much different. It's so wild. And I know your generation, you know, you, I'm sure everyone out there is laughing at, um, Greenwood and his, uh, <laughs> you know, ridiculousness, but, um, no. I wonder if you can reflect on that. Is that, is that have any meaning for you? Oh yeah. 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 That's very much. I mean, that, I know it's always like a brand new user experience. So we do a lot to make sure that the initial user experience is as good as it can be, but right. it does take, I would say like three or four days of consistent use for it to figure out exactly what you like. Right. And it, it, there's like a bunch of different triggers it looks at in terms of like watch time and like uh -huh. what you like or don't like or how quickly you scroll. So uh -huh. it really curates it based off of you. But for the first week, if you're not using it that much, um, it does, you'll probably get a lot of weird videos. Also, if you're not logged in, you have to make a profile, right. make sure you're signed in right. so it knows right. of you. And but, what I realized from him too is that since I didn't know what I was doing, I wasn't like giving tiktok any interactions like other than like what you said maybe how long i watched it or whatever yeah. and so and so because i didn't know what the like various like taps and stuff <laughs> did you know yeah and so he kind of explained all that to me too and i, I felt like i felt like it was me trying to explain email to my mom you know <laughs> back in the day <laughs> <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> there's also a lot of people don't know this but there's also a button so if you get a video that you hate you're like, I never want to see content like this again. You can press uninterested and then it'll learn like, okay, don't like this. So there is that, oh, that button. It's I, need kind of know, I need to know what that yeah. is because <laughs> I keep getting this one where I'm like, I must have watched, I must have maybe like watched it just to see it play out. And I keep getting like a recurring one so. like that. Yeah. Like, I hate that one. I just couldn't yeah. look away because it was like a train wreck, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? My my husband gets a lot of like sad dog videos that he can't stop watching because he's like, oh, I need to know what what happens to this dog. But then now his entire feed is just sad dog videos. Oh, and he's like, oh. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Well, right, right, right. Well, um, you know, I, I know that um one of the things that I think I, I would I would be remiss to not talk to you about since we're talking about these yeah. algorithms and whatnot, right? I mean, it would be scary if we opened an app and then all of a sudden it already knew what we liked, right? You know? Yes. And so I know that um, there have been some issues there with with um, with TikTok, TikTok and and other technology around privacy and the and the the experience along those lines. And so yeah. I like to hear that it's learning based on my and it's not learning based on like mining data from me or whatever. And so yeah. I wonder if you can touch on a little bit on that controversy because I'm sure you have to deal with it. Um, you know, yeah. there's politicians that have spouted off and uh, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it doesn't seem to have impacted uh, your generation at all. But um, I think uh, previous generations, like maybe my generation, hear stuff like that and they get a little freaked out. So I wonder if you can you can you can speak to the uh, to the boomers and the generation Xers in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this concern is for you know, a lot of platforms in the industry, but especially TikTok, just because our, our parent company is based out of China. Yeah. So I think that's what spurred a lot of the the questions and controversy, like, okay, how exactly is, is user data being used? Um, yeah. And it's a whole, 
there's a whole team at TikTok that focuses specifically on this and making sure, you know, that our advertisers, one, trust us, but two, know that, that, that we're protecting our users and everything. So um, I think moving forward, we're definitely, well, to back up, we definitely do a lot less user tracking and, you know, social listening. We don't do any of that, um, but we do a lot less compared to a lot of other platforms. Right. Won't name the platforms, but we do right. significantly less tracking and, and things right. um, compared comparatively in the industry, but because we're owned by, by, by dance, our, our parent company, I think it's extra sensitive. Yeah. So we, we've been working with um, the government. I think our, our CEO actually just sat down with the Supreme court and had a whole conversation. So we are doing a lot to try and make sure that we're showing that we are very aware and, you know, trying to do um, everything that's respectful and responsible in that area. But uh, we are also trying to move away from, you know, having any of our databases. We don't have any data stored in China. It's all outside in the U.S. and in Singapore. So gotcha. Gotcha. there's a lot to it. Um, that's at a high level. We we do take it very seriously. For, for sure. sure. Well, I will I will say that I think TikTok needs to hire you in, um, in um, PR right there because I, was, <laughs> I did not. I, I will tell our listeners I did not warn Celine that I was going to ask a question like that. And and looking back, I'm like, why did I ask that question? But uh, I don't know. It was uh, kind of spurred a lot and, uh, based on my experience there. And so that was a really fabulous response. Thank you so much. Um, the last thing, let's let's end with this, um, Celine. So two things. First, um, if you uh, when when you look back and you think about junior year, Celine, what advice would you give to junior year, Celine? Oh my gosh. Um. Well, one, I think going back, I said mentioned this earlier, but I think it's okay not to know what exactly yeah. you want to do. I mean, when I was in school, TikTok didn't even exist. I never even imagined right. myself right. You know, being at a platform like this and being in social media. So I think, you know, be, I think work hard, definitely work hard. I'm not saying to not and to position yourself in a way that's transferable for any job moving on, but don't be hard on yourself if you don't know exactly you know, where you want to end up. And I think opportunities present themselves um, and to just follow those. I think I always said yes to every internship that I got offered and every opportunity. So just be open-minded. Um, yeah, that would be my advice. And have super. fun. Enjoy college while you're there. <laughs> yeah, super good advice. And now what about what about for for those who are her who are listening who are like me or like, wow, I want to do what Celine does. Like um yeah. that sounds like an amazing position. Like what 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 would you what would you recommend um them them to do along those lines? Yeah, I think for me, I ultimately knew I wanted to end up in media and creative, and I kind of prolonged it by going to Oracle. So I think if you know exactly what industry you want to move into, if it's media or advertising, um, you know, to take a job in that field and learn as much as you can and, and position yourself to move towards a company like TikTok or Facebook or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. For me, it was a I had a few stepping stones in between, but eventually landed there. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you just know, and I told my sister this too, and this is how she ended up at Disney, but her first job out of college was at a media agency uh-huh. where you learn everything. And then her next job was, you know, working at ad tech for Disney. So I think yeah. if you know that that's the industry you want to go in, start at an agency, learn the field, and then you can, you know, your doors open for a lot of different platforms. Right. Keep your eye on the prize and and yeah. um, and keep going from there. I love it. Well, Celine, <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of what I know is a, is a very busy busy day. And um, just thanks so much for for taking the time. And um, and uh, thanks so much. It's great to great to yeah. catch up. 
so good to catch up. And, you know, if anyone has questions, I'm doors open. They can find me on LinkedIn, whatever. What awesome. happy to <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye.